I worship you, Almighty God. There is none like you. I worship you, O Prince of Peace. For that is what I long to do. I give you praise. For you are my righteousness. I worship you, almighty God. There is none like you. There is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I have searched throughout eternity, Lord, and find there is none like you. There is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I have searched throughout eternity, Lord, and find there is none, and find there is none, you won't find there is none, there is none, there is none, there is none, there is none like you. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you tonight and we give you praise. Lord, we just adore you. We recognize you as being the lover of our souls, oh God. We just thank you tonight, oh God, that our ears are open unto you, oh God, and we desire to move and grow farther and farther into you that we end up getting lost, oh God, until it gets to the place that we are not and is all of you and none of us. Oh Father, just continue to allow your word to come forth and make it easy that we're able to receive it because we know that your yoke is easy and your burdens are light. Everything you desire of us, oh God, it's no great thing, but it's all about how we look at it and how we see it. So Father, tonight, we ask that you open our eyes and our ears and we be attended to your word that we might be able to understand self-righteousness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. I thank God for the word tonight. Glory be to God. Giving honor to all the ones in the house, ones on, on Facebook, online, our uh, social media fans. Hallelujah. 
I thank God for the word that he's given me tonight that we, you know, not only the word that is given to us, but given to me, because the first thing I have to literally receive the word before anybody else gets this word. I have to taste this word before anybody else really begins to taste this word. And I just thank God that he has allowed me to taste it and be healed at the same time, continuously be healed. We'll never get over the, the, the works of this flesh until we realize that the, uh, this uh, is a problem. When you, you got to realize that your flesh is a problem. And when we walking in this world and we're, we're not of this world, but we're walking in this world, we're subject to stuff. We're going to get, we're going to run into stuff sometime that we got to recognize that on judging it, being led by the spirit, uh, taking it before the Lord, being mindful that we don't know everything. But being in this body, it makes us still subject to things that goes on around us. So none of us are free from sin. We all can be subject to sin at any moment, but we are quick to repent, confess our faults and repent before the Lord. Amen. It's tonight our scripture will be over in Luke 9 and 14. I also will uh, talk a little bit into Job and also over in 1 John 1 and 8. So we'll I'll. We may not go to those scriptures, but we will talk into those scriptures. But tonight, we want to talk about self-righteousness, making ourselves, what, what, no, what does self-righteousness mean? What, do, what does it mean to us? Self-righteous means to convince oneself of its righteousness in the contrast of the action and the belief of others, meaning that I consider myself righteous because I'm looking at you. I look at what you do and how you do it. And even then, you know, being in the body of Christ, we do it. In the world, we do it. But tonight, we want to talk about doing it in the body of Christ. Um, you know, how we look at people, how we judge ourselves. You know, and I've heard that uh, saying where it says that um, I may not be where I ought to be, but I'm not where I used to be. Do you realize that's self-righteous? You're trying to say that, you, you know, I'm not where I used to be. I may not be where I'm supposed to be, but I'm, I'm not where I used to be. But yet it's still, yes, you are. Truth be told, being in this body, we're still subject to the same spot we were. This body is full of sin, shaped up in iniquity. And at any moment you submit to it, you are back in the same spot you was in. You're back. You're always in it. But we walk according to the spirit. We walk following the spirit. We're wanting to move in the spirit of God and not in ourselves. But when we begin to walk in ourselves, that's when we become narrow-minded. That's when we set rules. That's when we look out and we look at them and we look at, you know, because you think about going to church all your life, all your life going to church and, and reading that Bible and finding out what the word says and, and, and the truth of the word. And then you try to find, you try to walk in it. You try to do what's right. I pay my tithe. I make sure I go to church every Sunday and Wednesday. I make sure, you know, you, you do all the things that you think that will make you right. That's self-righteous. That's a self-righteous person because you yourself is trying to make you right when God is, it's Jesus that's made us right. We got to look at him. He's the one that's made us righteous. Our righteousness is a filthy rags. Our righteousness is not of God. What we think is right, being that we've eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we have the ability to know good and evil. We have that ability. It doesn't take a, 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 a what they call a, a, a smart person to know that you have the ability to know right or wrong. Even a child knows right or wrong. Born out the womb, they know 
right or wrong. Look at your child. Remember your child when it was a young, a young baby. You can see that they knew when they did something wrong. They knew it. So the knowledge is there for us to know right and wrong. But the thing is, we built ourselves around. I don't do this and I don't do that. She does this and she does that. Everybody's doing this, but I don't do that. You're building yourself up on your own righteousness. You're, you're building yourself up on what you do and how you do it. So when you look at a sinner or somebody that's doing something that you don't do, you'll be, they ain't of God, they ain't saved, they need to be delivered, they need, when we begin to speak like that towards our brothers and our sisters, that's a problem, because that means that you're starting to judge, and you're judging according to your own righteousness, you're judging according, you become the judge of someone else's life, and that's not God, God doesn't desire for us to judge, he desires for us to love, in spite of what we see each other's other do, we have an, we have the responsibility of praying for one another, and we have the responsibility of loving one another, not judging. God is the judge, and literally, we've already been judged, the Christians, through Jesus Christ. The penalty has already been paid, but the way that's been made for us, we have to literally lose our will, lose our way, and walk within the way of God, walk within the way that Christ has made. You can't come to the Father except you come through him. But we don't want to walk in a place where our minds become narrow, where we're, we're walking in a truth, but not the whole truth. Where we, we have a set truth, because that's what self-righteousness calls us to do. It calls us to set a truth, but it ain't the whole truth. And that's the part where we read tonight over in Luke 18, 9 through 14, we're talking about the Pharisee and the tax collector. I mean, we've read this scripture many times, but we want to walk in it understanding that self-righteous place. Uh, the ninth verse says, and he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. How many of us look at other people? Come on, y'all. We know we do it. We look at people and we immediately begin to judge. That's just like somebody on a street corner. We begin to judge, not even knowing why that person is on that corner. We don't even know why they're out there begging for help. They need help. Why they're out there begging? But we immediately assume we jump to a place of righteous, self-righteous within ourselves and don't want to help, don't want to give, don't want to do. But we got to make sure that we're hearing the voice of God concerning everything because we read in the word where he says, don't be... Uh, quick to not want to entertain strangers because you might be entertaining an angel. You don't know what way God might come to you and present himself just to see what you'll do. And we don't want to get judged like that. We don't want to uh, uh, get that frowned face because that was God that just walked away. And I don't know how many people have actually entertained angels where literally they have come, talked and literally disappeared right around the corner. And I've had those moments. I've had those moments where I went looking for somebody because the word was so great and it was so awesome till I went to go ask another question and they were gone. They were totally gone. So it's like, but I don't, I don't trip when people come. I always, I will always talk to people. They don't bother me. I'm just that kind of person. I talk, talk, talk. But when it comes to some, we want to think that we either above or we're too great to talk to certain people. And we don't want to make sure that we never get in that place in life. We never, uh, even if you become famous and come great, you never get to the place where you're untouchable. You, you don't ever want to get to that place where you're too great to be, deal with other people. 
You're not, you know, you're just above. So that's, it's like, we have to check ourselves because when we start getting these titles, we tend to position ourselves in a place as if we need to separate ourselves from the people of God. When God didn't call us to separate, he called us into one body. And that's one thing I, I, I be thinking about a lot of times because when you think about the body of Christ, you got many in this one body. And even when it comes to the fivefold ministry, it's in this body as well. It's in the head of this body, but it's subject to the body itself. It's subject to who is over the head of this body. So we're all subject to one another. None of us are greater than each other, but we're subject to each other. So we can't ever compare ourselves to each other because we're in that one body and that body is Christ. So if we're going to compare ourselves, if we're going to try to be that person, we have to assume the righteousness of Christ because he's become our righteousness. He has become that. So we want to make sure that we never get lost in uh, looking at others and judge, but looking at Christ and say, are you there yet? Judge according to him. Or did, are you there yet? And a lot of us, we know good and well, we're not. It says, uh, the 10th verse says, two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. He prayed with himself. What does that mean? The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, he's praying within himself. I thank you. I thank thee that I am not like as other men are. My God, how is it that your mind can get to that place where you can think that I'm not like them, I'm not like her, but God. What causes you to feel as if you're greater or you've been, which we have been set apart, but we've been set apart in a body. We've been set apart in Christ. And I guess I should keep reminding myself and keep reminding us that we're in the body of Christ. We're no longer ourselves. We're no, our lives are hidden in him. So there's no more judging and trying to be better than your next person, your neighbor or your friend, but we're in the body of Christ and we're wanting to be just like him. We're wanting to follow as he went. We're wanting to go and do as he did. That's where we want to get lost in, but never to look within ourselves as if we're greater, as if we got it going on, as if we got it made. I mean, your bank account can be full as full. You can have the houses, the land, the riches, the name, the fame. You can have it all, but yet and still you'll die just like me. You, you, you still is in a place just like me. So to even exalt yourself above another, it's crazy because... In that last day, we, we just saw it with the pandemic. Some of the greatest ones that we know that was wealthy and should have been able to save their own lives. But no, we're all going to have that day. We're all going to have that day where we're not going to be able to do nothing but literally sit down and hush and pray. And, and, and pray to the one that's literally got our lives in his hand. But when we're talking about him standing and praying. Do we stand like that in prayer? Do we stand like that before God? And even when it comes to us receiving the righteousness of God, do we understand that it is the righteousness of God? It's not our righteousness. He's made us righteous, but we still can't walk in it as if we're righteous people. We have to walk knowing that it's because of him. It is always because of him. Because I'm telling you, at any moment, you can trip and fall. We always want to walk meek, humble, and wanting to, to pull on the mercy of God. 
We need the mercy of God. It wouldn't, it wouldn't refresh itself every day if we didn't need the mercy of God in our lives. But when he stood praying before God, he says, I just thank God that I'm not like them. I mean, when you think about it, but you know what? I'm sitting there thinking now you can go back and reminisce and know where you was. You know, know where you was and know how you were out there on the street. You was on drugs. You was drinking. You can think back and you could be like giving God praise. If, if you boast in anything, you're going to boast in the goodness of what God has done. You know, because we could still be out there. And even the ones that have never done drugs, never really been a street runner. You still got to give thanks because you, you could have and you still have the ability to. Because we can, we can trip up and fall at any day and find yourself doing stuff that you never thought you would ever do. I don't know if anybody have ever done that before. Said, I'd never do this. I'll never do that. I'll never go here. You'll never catch me doing that. And the next thing you know, you find yourself doing that stuff. That stuff hurts. It hurts to find out that I said I'd never do this here. And I mean, when I said I'd never do it, I said it with all my heart. I'd never do this. And all of a sudden, one day, I must have just got twisted totally up. And I found when I opened my eyes, I was doing what I said I would never do. Because we're, we're and that's a self-righteous mode right there. To say what you'll never do, that's being self-righteous. Because I do this and I do that, I'll never do that. We, we boast within ourselves. And it's not the boasting within, we boast within God. Why? Because we're in him. In him we live. In him we have our movement. So when we begin to, to get excited about what he's delivered us from, we're giving him praise. We're giving him glory. And that's the part of always God being known amongst men. Because when things happen in our lives, we quick to give God the glory and not take the glory upon ourselves. But we have the Pharisee here that, you know, he's, when you think about it and the Pharisee more or less saying that I don't do this and I do, I don't do that. And I'm just thanking God that I'm not over there and I'm not over here. But you know what? What do you think caused him to be like that? Do you think that was his desire to be like that? Uh, you think about going to church all your life and getting all the rules that were given to you when you went to church and you wanted to follow your rules, ABCs, one, two, threes. So it's almost like every uh, Tuesday and Friday we fast. But I want to be better than that. I'm going to not only fast on Tuesday, but I'm going to pick up a Monday, too. And I may do a Thursday. You know, I may fast on Thursday. Most definitely, I do not eat on Sunday because I just believe Sunday is the Lord's day. So I'm not really going to be getting caught up in all of this stuff. You know, and then not only that, but he said, give 10%. I've heard people say, oh, child, please, I take the 10 and I give God the 90. You know, we, we, we begin to exalt ourselves. I'm not, and then I'm not really trying to brag about what I'm doing, but see, yes, you are. We, we don't really, oh, I'm not really trying to brag. Well, what made you say that? Because you sound like you're bragging. See, we have to check ourselves because we come right back. I'm not really bragging. Yes, you are. And that was a reminder from God to say, hush. Because you're, you're talking as if this is within you. You're talking as if you're the one who created it. You're talking as if you Why? Because you've learned so much truth. He's telling us not to be a teacher of many things or a master of many things. Because when you become a person of many things, that's when you really get puffed up. You get puffed up within yourself because you begin to think about what all I can do and how I can do this and how I, 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 I. You'll find that I is so big. Me, 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 me. But it's like, but we quit to say, you know, that's not what I mean. 
it may be not what you mean, but that's exactly what the sound is giving off. And when that sound comes out, that's the kind of stuff that we're hearing. And you'll be like, you know, I know they better than that, but I'm hearing this. And then, you know, when you be like, you know, you sound like you're a little arrogant there. No, girl, I'm just talking about the goodness of the Lord. The Lord is good. Well, I mean, yeah, give God the glory. Don't get caught up within yourself. But the Pharisees, not only did they uh, attempt to do what God is asking as far as the Ten Commandments, but they went beyond that. They all they just went beyond the fact where it literally became a weight to the people of God. You not only you did, did you say God said obey this and obey that, but now you created a whole nother rule. So their intentions was good, right? You think about it. If you're fasting on your Monday, Tuesday, whatever, and you want to give God more time, it sounds like good intentions. But then those intentions become a place where you say, girl, you want to know how I got anointed? You want to know how I got this way? Child, I begin to give God this and do this and do that and do your doing right there. You you don't we don't realize it. We do not realize how quick it is to become self-righteous within ourselves. You can it's it's just a quick thing. But I'm pretty sure this Pharisee within himself, you know what? I am. I am doing everything right. I'm I'm doing all of this and I'm doing all of that. But this way, the way that God has brought now in Christ Jesus, we have no righteousness. We couldn't even do what was called for us to do. That's why Jesus had to come. If we could become righteous within ourselves, then there was no need for Jesus. If we could be a, a we could do enough to, to please God, we would need Jesus to come and die. I mean, literally die. There was a penalty that had to be paid because of the flesh, because of the works of the flesh. There was a penalty that had to be paid, and that was the death of that flesh. And because of the death of the flesh of Christ, we've received the life of Christ. So now no longer do we walk, live according to ourselves, but we walk and live according to the things and the ways of God. But we want to be mindful of not being self-righteous, but at the same time, knowing that it's not a hard thing to do. You can easily fall over into it. You can easily see somebody, your eyes see out, and you see somebody, why are they doing that? They don't even need to do that. Why are they even going there? You, you, we still don't realize we just lifted ourselves up. Our words lifted us up because now we're looking down on why a person do what they do. When God has literally called us to pray, God has called us to stand in the gap. That release can come and take place in a person's life. But the Pharisees stood. I get caught up. The Pharisees stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I'm not like other men or exhorters, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. He was a taxman. I'm not even like him. He, I mean, he set himself above all sins. I mean, as if he was greater, not realizing as he opened his mouth what he was saying. What he was saying, he was literally judging these people, adulterers. You don't know why people do what they do. The unjust, you don't know why people do what they do. That's why it's like we got to just stay, stay with God, stay with them and allow God to show you the truth of why people do what they do. I fast twice in the week. My God, I give tithe of all that I possess and the publican standing afar off would not lift up as much as his eyes into heaven. Wouldn't even look up to God. Look here now. He, but then, of course, we'll say he's acting like that because he ain't got nothing. You know that he, he's over there. He's one of them. But 
God has called the ones that are strong to bear the infirmities of the weak. But a lot of times we'll rather judge them harshly instead of going finding out what the problem is. Why are you doing and, and acting the way you're acting? Can I pray for you? Such as I have, I give. I don't have what you need totally, but such as I have, I can pray for your way to be made. Sometimes they don't even want that. But you know what? That's what I have to give. I'm not going to talk about you. I ain't, I'm going to walk right on. But if I ain't got nothing to give you, I'm minding my own business. But you always got prayer. You always got the mind of God there that, that wants something for everybody. There's a prayer that needs to be prayed for each and every one of us. And we just thank God that there are prayer warriors that are out there standing in the God, praying the will of God over our lives. But this poor one, this um. This, the man that was standing, the publican that was standing afar off would not lift up as so much of his eyes unto heaven, but smoked upon his breast, more or less looking, standing before God. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. And I know people say today, you know, you got to pull, you got to accept the righteousness of God and you got to strengthen yourself and, and you need to be, you know, understand what, what God has made you, understand the position that God has placed you in. You need to understand what God has done for you, you, you. But I'm telling you, we're in the body of Christ. If there's any good thing that's being done, it's being done through him and not we ourselves. We're still in these bodies needing to be delivered. We're still needing to be delivered daily in from, from these, these flesh and blood right here. But knowing that if we continue to abide in Christ, focus on him, more or less uh, uh, acknowledge him in all of our ways, acknowledge him every day, acknowledge him as we go. If we're continuously to acknowledge him, we're going to see ourselves as a person that needs God. We need him. That part right there, we need him. You never get to a place where you don't need God. You never get to a place where you have more enough, more enough than God. You never get to that. But we always need him. And we need to keep our mind focused right there. I'm a needer of God. I need him. I need everything that he has. Even though he's given me all that he is, it's going to take a minute for me to wake up unto all of that. But even in the waking up unto it, I have to realize that I need him. He is that, that branch. He's that vine that I have to stay connected to that I might flourish. He's that vine that if I let go, I'll die, on the, I'll die right on the side. But holding on to where God has placed me in him, it keeps me alive and hoping in him and not in myself. I don't place my hope within myself. I put my hope in God. And that's where we are. We stay in a place of hoping. So when the man began to stand before the Lord with his head bowed down, he literally hit himself in the chest. More or less, it said he smoked. He smoked upon his chest saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He saw himself as a sinner. Why? Because he saw all that he was capable of doing. When you think about the tax collector, you know, they didn't have a good name anyway. But no, and that's exactly who he was. He didn't have a good name at all. People didn't care for him. They didn't like him. They were thieves. They were still. But a lot of it probably was a, a part of his job. Because you think about it, the government, people work for the government. We can't be mad at them. They work for the government. They're doing what the government has told them to do. So they're being obedient to the law. This tax collector here, he just doing what they were told to do. But at the same time, he felt within himself something was wrong. He said, be merciful. Be merciful unto me. How many of us pray that prayer? How many of us go before God knowing I need your mercy, knowing I need your love? I need everything you got. I need. Do we pray uh, uh, like that daily or do we go before the Lord because I, I know him? 
yeah, Cal, I spent time with the Lord all the time. You know, I'm always knowing it. But do we have that moment where we do? We literally set ourselves aside. Set ourselves aside just to recognize that God is God in my life. But he said, I am a sinner. Be merciful. He's, I tell you this. I tell you this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalts himself shall be abased, and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. Now, we're talking about in the body of Christ. In the body of Christ, there is no self-righteousness. God has, Christ has made us righteousness, and our righteousness is unto the Lord. So that's why I say tonight, when it comes to us judging ourselves or comparing ourselves or wanting to be anything great in ourselves, we need to make sure we're following Christ, following the works of Christ. And you'll know that he always gave his father the glory. He always gave. I only do what I see him do. I mean, I don't move. I don't go nowhere unless I see him do it because he's doing the work through him. And that's the part where he was excited. He's doing the work. Whatever he tells me to do, that's what I do. So he didn't even own up to the fact that he laid hands and people's sight was being uh, given to them. Uh, people move, food was being multiplied. He didn't even take that credit. He said, all the work that I do, I do because my father has allowed me to do this work. He has yet to take the credit for what was going on. And I think a lot of times what we do, we get caught up because people begin to praise. People begin to praise your name. People begin to put your name out big. And that's when we get lost. We get lost in the praise of the people. We get lost in the praise of the crowd because we think about Saul. Saul lost his stand because of the praise of the people in the crowd. More or less, I, I did this here because I didn't want them to, to look at me in any other way. I, I, I made that sacrifice knowing he was not supposed to do it, but he did it anyway when it wasn't even in his place to do it. So we got to be mindful. Anything we do, we do for the glory of God. So when God asks you to, to give or serve or do, know that God is asking you to give him the glory. So it's almost like there should be a difference between us and the world. There should be a difference on what we do and how we do it. We, when we love, we, give, we show God's love, not our love. I mean, not saying that. I mean, you know what? I know we have our shortcomings, but every now and then, God said, you got to hear the truth. We got to hear the truth. Not saying that we can walk in it totally without tripping down and falling, making mistakes, but you still got to know the truth. Because even when you read the word, the word doesn't change. The word doesn't weaken itself. The word don't back up. The word, I know you sorry, baby. It's all right. No, you're not going to find that in the word. You're going you're gonna to find where you know what the word is still what it is. And then over here, you're going to find where mercy rests over here. You better go run to mercy. You better walk to wisdom because the judgment of God is still staying. God's word is still what it is. He's not changing his word, but yet and still he's allowed mercy, grace. He's allowed the love, the, uh, the, the long suffering. He's allowed all of this to come forth. And that's through his love. That's through the love that he's given to the body of Christ. But when it comes to God over here, judgment is still there. When justice demanded your life, there was a debt that needed to be paid. And Jesus paid that debt. Jesus paid that, that we need the Lord in our lives. But to know, he said, those that exalt themselves, they shall be brought down. When we think when we think we're this and we think we're that, we think we're, you know what, they drink, they smoke. And then we have that look, you know, you have that self-righteous look. We have that one. It's out there. But we don't realize we're doing it. Uh, I'm trying to think it was Chan, Francis Chan that said that 
uh, saying today, he says, self-righteousness is like bad breath. You don't smell it, but everybody else do. Everybody else is like bad breath. So, you know, you, you walking around thinking you all of that, you got it going on and you looking good. You, you've got it going on. But yet and still you stink. But who's brave enough to tell you you stink? I don't want to make your problem become my problem. Now, I, I'm, I'm upset because I ain't got the nerve to tell you your breast stink. You wrong. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. So sometimes what we do, we let you walk around until finally somebody tell you, you need deliverance. <laughs> you need to be healed because something ain't right. You sitting there, you looking down on everybody else. But no, you need to open your eyes to what God is wanting to, to show you about you. And that was something you get. You have to give God that freedom and that right to come into your life and check you. Lord, shine that light. And sometimes what we see, it hurt. Sometimes what you see and you hear what the Lord is saying, and not only that, but God speaks to us through his word. He'll speak to you through someone else. He, he finds a way. He'll, it's like a dream. You can get a dream. You get vision. God speaks to us in so many ways. And, and then we, you don't never want to put it together because if we put it together, then you, oh, the Lord yelling at me. The Lord is talking trash to me because you will see all of these different moments in life. And it's like, OK, put it together and you'll see right then and there. The Lord just told you to sit down somewhere and start rattling your mouth. But he used nine different ways to tell you that because that's the way he has to talk to you because you won't sit down and have that personal moment with him. So it's like, well, I keep running into this. Oh, I keep running into that. God trying to show you something. So he finds his way of communicating with us to help us understand that we need to calm down when it comes to the righteousness of God, understanding that he is our righteousness and not putting that confidence in, in ourselves. Um, over in John 1 and 8, it talks about uh, you thinking that you're, you're the truth and you don't do no wrong. You become a liar within yourself right then and there because you're thinking that you're good. It talks about... It says in the eighth verse, 1 John 1 and 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. Come on. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if it is not God's righteousness, it's unrighteousness. So all that you try to do and how you try to do it, it's unrighteousness when it comes to God. God has a righteousness. God has a garment that we're supposed to wear. God has a way that we're supposed to walk in. He has that already made. We can't go over on his side and try to create another way of righteousness. Jesus is the only righteousness, and that righteousness comes through what? Death. That righteousness comes through death. I mean, I don't know when we're going to finally die, but it ha we have to. We got to die to some of the ways that we have, some of the things that we do. We got to die to some of those ways because they're going to always make us trip up. We're always going to trip up behind silly stuff like that. But, you know, I was thinking about Job. I concluded some scriptures about Job and Job challenged the Lord, you know, about his life and how he felt because he was going through so much. And he used to be all of that. I don't know if you read over in Job. I think it's the the 42nd chapter where he, he talked about how he used to be the light of the city. 
He was, he would give the people, he would do for everyone. He would give them this and people would see him coming and they would be almost looking at him like he was a prince because he was a good man. He was just a good person that did nice things. But then when all of a sudden your child died, you don't lost your land, you got sores all on your body. What did I do to deserve something like this? That's self-righteous. You position yourself because that's like, I'm saved. How can that come my way? How can a wind blow like that? What makes you anything different than the next man? God is saving us all. He's not saving one, but he's saving us all. So we're all we all need to be saved because we're all subject to this one situation that's here on life. Everything that's out there, we can be subject to it. I mean, even when you talk about the sins in the body, the, the uh, diseases and, and all of the bad health, we're all subject to that. If we don't live right, if we don't do right, and even if you live right and do right, you still can run into stuff. But we got to know we need God. We're never above anything. We're all subject to everything. And we're, wanted, we're supposed to pray one for another, one for another, and never get lost in, as if we're greater than the one. But always wanting everybody to be in that same place. You know, when, when God saved you and delivered you from, from alcohol, when you see an alcoholic, you should want him to be free too. You, you should want him to be free. You, I mean, you should literally begin to pray for his life to be delivered. That's why I believe some of us run into stuff because we don't know what to pray for. But God helps us out and helps us understand. Pray for this here. Think about all the stuff that you was going through. Think about all the trouble you got in. And then look at that one that's getting into the same stuff you got freed from. Now you pray for the deliverance because why? That is God's that desire for them to be set free just like you were set free. But sometimes we don't got so we got healed and we, we're sitting now well and fine. We look out at someone else and it's like, oh, wow. Whoa. No. You know what it's like. You know what they're going through. Well, what did they do to get there? Why are they going through that? What, what happened to them? Here we go with the blind man again. Well, who was the fault of that one? Why did that happen like that? I don't know if I should pray. Maybe he was supposed to be like that. You know, we begin to sit back within ourselves wondering, why, why are you like that? You know, but pray. God is giving you the authority to pray his will concerning another man. So when we think about Jesus healing that man, that was God's desire to heal him. And he did. He did what God wanted to do. Jesus didn't say this was for, for me to do a work. He said, but it was for my father. It was God's glory. Do you see every, every time Jesus opened his mouth, it was always about the glory of the father. It was never about his glory. It was never about his doing, but the works that he did was of God. And that's, that right there prevents you from getting into a place of self-righteousness where you're trying to be all of that and above, you know, and above all of that. But we want our hearts to be renewed in him. We want our minds to be renewed in him. We're wanting the, the newness, the newness of God and not of ourselves because there's nothing good about me. And that's the thing. When you get up in the morning, it's almost like sit down somewhere and get your day in order because your day should not be about you. Your day should be about the glory of God and not you. But when we wake up and we just begin to move off of a habit, and if you don't have the habit of giving God the praise, that ain't going to be per Giza. So we want to make sure we start uh, 
creating habits of spending time with God, create habits of obeying God in the morning, giving God that first move in the morning when we begin to, to get, begin to go and do. Give God that first moment in life and not think that we're so above. But when Job ended up going through all that he went through, he ended up finding out, you know what? It's all about God. It's whatever God chooses to do. But his choices are good. God's always wanting to teach, I mean, and show us things. And a lot of times it comes through us experiencing things. We experience things, but it's not that God isn't there. It's not that he's not uh, uh, showing you, I mean, doing good things in your life. He's just wanting you to see this here because he said for all the ones that are called according to his purpose, he's going to work that thing out. He's going to work it out to the point where it's going to be good. It's going to be all right. It may not feel good right now, but it's going to be fine. If you stick with me, you hang with me and, and just follow me, it's going to work out fine. But don't get caught up to the point and start weighing yourself because this happened to you. But I've been doing all of this stuff. I've been uh, uh, going over here. I've been making sure this is taken care of and she needed this here. I made sure she got more money on her on this here. I made sure her house was taken care of. I made that car payment for her. We begin to look at ourselves as if we're something grand. We're not. We're being obedient and giving God the glory that we are able. We're more than able to do all that needs to be done. And we give God the praise. Why? So we can continue to be a blessing in the earth. He's going to establish us as a place of praise. How many of y'all want to be a place of praise, a place where you give God the glory? You give God the glory. We want to be that. We want to have that in our lives. We want to be that place where a person can come to you and say, uh, come to them. that girl right there. That's a woman of God right there. That's a man of God right there. And how are they judging you? And why are they saying that? Is it your works? Is it your praise? Is it how you uh, uh, your, your, your live and the choices? When we think about people stepping to your own. And you make the right choice to prove your love instead of not proving your love. Because, you know, and that's an easy place to get knocked out the water when somebody step. And if we're not totally meditating on God and Lord, put a put a cover on my mouth today. Let you be let the Holy Ghost be a guard at the gate. Don't let nothing come out this gate that ain't got no business coming out this gate. Arrest my words. Make, make me eat my words first before I let them at the gate. We have to do that because we are a, a temple of God. We are a house of God and we're to give God the glory. So everything we do, people are watching us. People are watching what you do and how you do it. They're listening to your words. They listen to how you talk. Come on. They're judging God all for you. A lot of people don't want to be saved because of us, how we act. It ain't God. They ain't mad at God. They're mad at us because we're not giving God the proper glory. We're not giving God his proper due in our lives. We're not walking in the righteousness of God. We're not walking in the right doings of God. We're not making sure that God, uh, look, where you should lose it over here, you're walking in that peace. That's giving God the glory. That's giving God the glory. Where no longer am I walking in my own selfishness, but I'm walking in the will of God. I've given myself over to the things of God that no longer am I saying that it's all about me. And we have to know tonight that God literally hate, hate self-righteous people. Because that's a person that says, I don't need God. A self-righteous person says, I don't need God. I got it like that. 
oh, I don't know what, what your problem is. You might need him, but I don't need him. So what do you, how do you think God looks at them? He don't. You don't need me. So why would I even be over there? You have never called upon my name. So why would I be attended to you? It's not. Sometimes it's the prayers of our uh, grandfathers and grandmothers and mothers and fathers that he hears because you ain't studying him. But we thank God for the prayers that are prayed that releases the very sound that God needs to hear concerning your child, concerning your family, because you're standing there, because you're praying and you're praying God's love. You're praying God's will. God desires for everybody to be saved, none to be lost. But that's not going to be the case. That's not going to be the case. There's going to be some where your name will be blotted out. You won't make it in. And that was amazing when I read that the day about the blotting out of the names. Do you know that means that everybody's name is written in the book of life? But because you rejected him, your name got blotted out. Jesus saved the whole world. Everybody was saved. Everybody is saved. But with the rejecting of God, the rejecting of Christ, your name gets blotted out. So that was never the plan for you to be blotted out. Always, the plan is always for you to be saved. So, but we need to know that his salvation is our righteousness. So we're learning the, uh, the ways of God. We're learning the ways of Christ that we do not compare ourselves to people, but daily we're living our lives to be like Jesus. And who is Jesus? He's the word of God. We're living, building our lives to walk like the word. Jesus was in bodily form, but he was the living word of God. We're in bodily form and we received the Holy Spirit. So now we have the word of God on the inside of us. And if we subject ourselves to the word, every word that comes out of our mouth should be fruit. Fruit of the spirit. It should be joy. It should be something for someone to literally feed on. Hear the word of God and literally rejoice about it. But we want to make sure tonight that we're not putting ourselves in a position that makes us self-righteous, that makes us as if we are placing ourselves higher than the next man. But we want to make sure that we're in that place of needing God and always needing God. I had some um, some things that talks about signs of a self-righteous person uh, continuously putting other people down. And when you find people that don't want to be around you, check yourself. Most people don't want to be self-righteous people. They, they'll run from you. Uh, then you, you parade your own good works. That's, that part tickled me right there to, to parade your own good works. Well, I did this and I did that. How do we get like that? Because, I mean, even when you think about how you did what you did, if it wasn't for the grace of God, if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't have been able to do nothing. But then yet and still, because it was done and it was done by me, look what I did and how I did it. And a self-righteous person, some of them are very uncompassionate. And when you think about a self-righteous, uncompassionate person, you could do better than that. That same person standing on that street corner, you have no compassion for them at all. You need to be doing what I'm doing, going to work. Y'all see how I said that? Yeah. <laughs> that mean I said that before, didn't I? <laughs> I said that good, didn't I? Look, oh, Lord. But we, we think 
Well, I'm looking at, I'm out here working. But see, mine, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not feeling like I'm exalting myself because I'm out here on this work job. I'm on the work job, so it's like, huh, I'm a slave. But at the same time, it's like you out there begging. But you know what? If I consider the Lord first before I start rattling that off, Lord, should I? And I've done that before. And the Lord has told me, go on. He will tell me to go on because it's not in me. To, it's not for you to do today, Donna. It's not for you to do. I got somebody. They'll be fine. Go on. So I found that where when it comes about uh, uh, that self-righteous person, we don't want to find ourselves in an uncompassionate way. And if you ever get in that place, check yourself. These are like check marks, more or less. Uh oh, I was kind of harsh. Lord, forgive me. We immediately go back and, you know, confess our sins. Uh, we hate we hate and we condemn sinners. And most time people that save and, and to me, that's almost like a jealous move. And the only reason I say that, because I was there uh, <laughs> when I when I got saved, you know, we you couldn't do this. You couldn't do that. You couldn't go there and, and you couldn't have this here. So it was almost like I was being denied things and they were freely having all the fun in the world. It just seemed like they were doing whatever they wanted to do. Nothing was tripping them up, but they out there just living the life. And here I am. I'm saved. You know, and I, that's all I could say. I didn't know no more about salvation. I'm saved. But yet it's still childbirth. We had a good old time this weekend. We parted hard. And I'm like, wow, I'm saved, though. I can't do that. I'm saved. You know, I didn't even understand salvation, what was all in it, you know, because I was young. But, you know, getting older, just looking out there, I was, yeah, you going to hell. That's where you going. Then y'all know we say that a lot. When you look at sinners running around, that's all right. Because then when I go to heaven, you're going to be in hell. See, so I don't judge you already so I can be feeling happy now. Because you're going to hell and I ain't. But it's like we don't want to get to that place where we become so self-righteous that we condemn another man. Uh, approval of people. We want to gain the approval. So we try to do that. And that, that's one thing right there. And I used to be a people pleaser. I always wanted to make a person happy with me and what I do and how I do it. Do you know that self-righteous? I'm building myself up. It's some of these, that self-righteous mode is, that's why it's like stink breath. You don't know you got it. You don't know you got it. And if nobody don't ever tell you, you'll continue to walk around looking like you're a nut. <laughs> Mother say tested. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. If it ever, if it looked like nobody don't want to hang around with you, go ask the Lord what's going on. Do I is my breath bad? Is something wrong with me? But then we will list, we'll list our good works. We'll talk about the goodness of ourselves. Uh rejection, uh we re reject correction. That, and that's a big one right there. Because a lot of times when you reject correction, pride sets in. And then you get these vain thoughts. I don't know why they're trying to talk to me like that. Hmm. I don't know who they think they are because I know what the words say. I know I, I can hear the voice of God for myself. Who are we quick with that one there? Not knowing that most self-righteous uh, people, they've built a sound of God in their own head, in their own heart. They know what God is going to say and how he's going to say it. He ain't got to say nothing to me because I already know what he's going to say. How do you know? But you, you, you've set yourself to totally only hear what you want to hear. So right then and there, there's your own righteousness built up. We talk back to God. How many people talk back to God? <laughs> we do. We talk back, Lord, I, I don't think I need to be doing this here. But 
We exalt ourselves. But he say, humble yourselves. Humble yourself. But yet and still, you know, God gave me the right to talk back. But no, you gave yourself the right to talk back. He gave you life and life abundantly that you can understand the greatness of what he's given. That's why when I being saved as a child, I couldn't look out and see the greatness of what God has given me because no one was really sharing that. They were just sharing. You're going to either go to hell or go to heaven. So you need to make that decision right now. Be baptized and receive the Lord because he's coming soon. I've managed to get all the way up to 56 and he's not here yet. And I mean, it's like if no, if the Lord hadn't begun to, to spend time with me and me understand the greatness of my relationship and all that he's given me and all that he's doing for me, I don't know where I would be. I don't know where I would be, but I thank God for his own, his spending time with me and me spending time with him to learn all of what he's really, really made available to the body of Christ. And, and the joy of it, I can really go out and explain. I ain't got to tell a sinner you going to hell if you continue that way. I'm going to tell you how exciting it is to know the Lord. I'm going to tell you how excited it is to allow him to save you. Well, what you got, what you got saved from, I don't know if y'all have heard that before. But when you think about salvation, I have the promise of safety. I have the promise of deliverance. I have the pr promise of for God will preserve me. He will sustain me. He will keep me. I have the, uh, the promise of heal, the salvation of being healed. Come on, I have all, all of that is within that salvation mode for me. God has given me all that he has. So now I know how to share the goodness of the Lord. I ain't just saying I'm saved. And then I almost said to a point where I look depressed. Y'all look depressed over there talking about you saved. Y'all don't do nothing. But then it says you talk back to God, but we need to learn how to be humble. We think of ourselves as being important. I mean, you, you think you see it all day and night. You see it. You do. And then this one here, I could not even understand. But we wallow in self-pity. How is it that a self-righteous person wallow in self-pity? Because when something happens in their life and they can't do nothing about it. Well, why God let this happen to me? Why? All of a sudden now you're looking at God as being the person that caused this to happen in your life. We immediately attack God when we wallow. Oh, woe is me. And I shouldn't have to go through this. I shouldn't this and I shouldn't that. We begin to exalt ourselves even in a place of pity. But yet it's still God is there. He's there to be everything we need. But when we look unto ourselves, we're going to run into some trouble. When we look unto ourselves for our help, for our support, or even when you look unto man for your help and support, if God doesn't direct them, to help you, then you're still waiting on God to do a thing. Don't try to get out there and make things happen in your life. When God said, wait on me, be of good courage, and I'm going to strengthen your heart. Again, I say, wait. There's a reason why he's telling us that. Because he wants to get the glory in our lives. He don't want nobody else to get the glory. But you know, I gave you this here. And I gave you that there. That's the only reason you're able to do all that you're doing over there. Wow. But some people do. They think that they are your beginning and they think that they are your end because they've had hands in and not give God the glory for what they what God allowed them to do for you. Sometimes it's just a blessing to be nice. It really is. But I just thank God uh, that we will not we will not continue to look at ourselves as greater, but we'll look at the greatness in him.
We would not uh, uh, look at ourselves as, as being better than the next man over there. We will not judge ourselves according to our brothers and our sisters, but we'll stay in the lane that God has placed us in and we'll be uh, responsible to bear the infirmities of the week. Our brothers and sisters are going through. We're going to stand in the gap and begin to pray. We're going to always be mindful of that. So that that's the part about self-righteous. It's not a it's not a hard thing, but then again, it's sometimes we'll be slipped over and don't know we're there. But just remember to always give God to glory if we always remember that in everything we do, we let him get the glory. And if you always let God get the glory, you'll never begin to walk in that self-righteous place. You'll never think just because you go to church every Sunday, you're better than the one that don't go because you don't know. I'm serious. We don't know all that God is doing. We don't see all that God is doing. So we just need to stay in our own lane and continue to walk in the garment of praise, walk in that righteousness that Christ has made available to us. Find out what the righteousness is. Find out where the place is that you're supposed to be. Are you supposed to be praying in this lane? Are you supposed to be uh, standing in this gap? Or what are you supposed to be doing? Find out what it is that God wants you to do and you do it and you won't be out there being self-righteous because you'll know all that I do, I do as unto the Lord. Uh, Father, we thank you tonight. We give you praise for your word, your word that has been made clear unto us that we begin to check ourselves and not go to the right nor to the left, but go to you. We walk in the path of your righteousness uh, for your name's sake. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that we're lost in you. Hallelujah, that you are our sense of direction. We are not the leaders of ourselves, but God, we want you to get the glory in the earth. We want you, hallelujah, to get the praise. You're goodness, oh God, for we know that in us serving and giving you the glory, oh God, we can continue to rest. We can continue to know that you are our caretaker. You are our provider. Why? Because we look unto you for our righteousness. We look unto you for our salvation. We look unto you for our healing. We look unto you for the supplying. Hallelujah. We look unto you and not unto ourselves. Hallelujah. We just thank you, Lord, for the light tonight that we will check ourselves, oh God, and make sure we're walking in your faith. Make sure we're walking in your righteousness and only your righteousness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Not having confidence in your own righteousness. Amen. Hallelujah. Whom this.